0: Welcome to the Campus Rush Podcast. We believe that God will speak through this word and meet you right at the point of your need. We hope that God will bless you through this message. Uh, Genesis 2, 18. Let's get into it. I want to just quickly dive into the word um, and um, uh, we'll move for tonight. Genesis 2, verses 18 to 24. Genesis 2. Verses 18 to 24 Bible says, then the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. So I will make a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God formed from the ground, all the wild animals and all the wild birds of the sky. He brought them to a man, to the man, rather Adam Uh, To see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one. Verses 20. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals. But still there was no helper just right for him. Verse 21. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs... And closed up the opening. Verses 22. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. Verses 23. At last, the man exclaimed, this one is bone from my bone, and flesh from my flesh. She will be called Woe Man. He saw her, and he said, whoa, man. If you can't say, whoa, man, hey, Trelly, just, you know, wait till God brings the right one. Uh, Because she was taken from man. I want to preach for the next 25 minutes from a portion that I believe God is calling us to, a title I call, Where Is My Boo? Where is my boo. You have faith, but where's your boo? I want you to understand from this text that there is somebody that God has ordained just for you. There is somebody that God has formed in heaven that has your spiritual DNA and there is somebody who has your spiritual DNA walking around. There is somebody that God has ordained specifically for you that has all the things that God knows you like. There are things that God knows. Why? Because he formed you. Therefore, he knows. he knows the things in your heart. The Bible says that he formed your innermost being. Therefore, he knows the things in your heart. He, know, he even knows the things that you don't know about yourself. God knows. God knows the things that you will like when you are 42. He already knows those things. So what he do, he prepared a helpmate. He prepared somebody. He prepared a destiny helper. Somebody say destiny helper. Say it louder. Say destiny helper. He prepared a destiny helper just for you. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. as we all know, the Bible would say, for I know the plans that I have towards you. We know, the, we know that scripture, uh, plans to prosper, you give you hope in the future, so on and so forth. Within that, many times what we do as believers is that we extract the marriage part, we extract the family part. We just think that God is talking about our future and our future doesn't include our marriage. Our future doesn't include our children, but that's false. I want you to know this, that when God formed you, he already had in mind the one that you would spend the rest of your life with. When God formed you, he saw your children. When God gave you as a man's seed, he already saw generations that will come out of you. So if God has done all these things and he's so mindful about these things, why wouldn't he be mindful about your marriage? Why wouldn't he be mindful about who you talk to? Why wouldn't he care about, about, the, about the conversations you're having because he knows that what that can lead to? You know the Bible says it, and I love it so much. There's a story in Ruth. We know the story of Ruth. The Bible says this. Uh, basically, there was a woman that was the woman named Naomi. She had two daughter-in-laws. You know the story. Ruth and Orpa. Uh, their husbands die. Orpa decides to go back to her family. Ruth says that she's going to stay. Ruth decides to stay Naomi says Ruth I'm so old when will I have another son that will grow up for you to marry him and Ruth said listen your people will be my people your God shall be my God where you go is where I go where you die is where I die she decided to go on with Naomi even though she didn't even know how she would be married how she would have children how she would live her future I wonder sometimes if in this generation that we can adopt some of the faith-like things that that Ruth had in her. The ability to press on even though you don't even know what's going to happen. The ability to just stay and know that if God has designed something, he's going to make it and bring it to fulfillment. Or Do you believe that with me tonight? Do you believe that with me tonight? Put your hands together. I was reading the story of, of Ruth and... I just wanted to put myself in her shoes for a few minutes. Uh, could we put ourselves in the shoes of Ruth? Let's just put ourselves in her shoes. I just wanted to see things from her perspective. Your husband has died. You no longer have a husband. You no longer have somebody that is uh, uh, your, your companion. You don't have children. doesn't say she has children in the Bible. I'm, I want to put myself in her mind. If, there, if I was in her mind, I definitely know there would be some questions. She was definitely, yes, walking by faith, but she still had needs. She still wants to have children. She still wants to have a future. She still wants to have a husband. I'm sure there was definitely a time where she was walking and thinking, God, I know, and yes, I do love you, and I know you love me, but I have a question for you, God. Where is my boo? Is it a valid question? I'm walking with you. I love you. I sing to you. But where is the one that you have designed just for me? And if we can put ourselves in her shoe, uh, I began to ask God some questions. I said, God, well, what are you trying to show us through this scripture? What, what do you want us to understand from this? And God said, I want you to understand this and teach it to, your, to, to my people tonight. So, so he said, I want you to bring this table here. So shift your attention to the table. We're going we're gonna to walk into this situation. Are you ready? Are you ready for this tonight? Are you sure you're ready for this? I don't feel you in this. Are you ready for this tonight? Come on, put, some, put your hands together. So... I said, God, what do you want to show us from this scripture? He said, Kof, a lot of times people just skip to the story, but then Ruth all of a sudden found Boaz. You ever heard that? Ruth, just, she just started working and then she found Boaz. Ruth, she started going to the fields and then all of a sudden she found Boaz. But don't you think there were some thoughts that she was thinking before she found Boaz? Like, God, I know your people will be my people, Naomi, but I still want to get married. I still want to have children. I'm following you, but I don't even know what is going to happen. And sometimes, that's when God began to minister to me. He said, sometimes many of us are sitting down as if we are on a date, but yet there's no one in the other seat. And he began to speak to me this revelation. I don't want to share it with you guys today. He began to minister to my mind and say this, that some of us in this room, Feel as though God has stood you up. We feel as though you are at the place and the location of the date, yet there is nobody in the other seat. There is nobody there, and so you are at the place where you're saying, man, this is amazing. It's some white linen. You know, you got everything set up here, but yet you have nobody in the other seat. Now, I can only imagine the amount of people tonight that are going on dates tonight. I'm sure restaurants are packed. I'm sure there's probably no reservations at any restaurant because everybody wants to go out. But let me tell you something. On a day like tonight, I believe it in my heart that nobody wants to be in this scenario where you are going out, but yet there's nobody in the other seat. Am I alone on this one or am am I... are you with me? I got one person that's with me tonight. Do you have my iPad with me? Or I could, I could go from my laptop, you wanna grab that? Forgive me, my laptop is, my iPad is dying. Apple problems. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I began to ask myself these, these three questions and I want to be able to help some people through this. I want us to help us together. God God began to minister to me, like I said, that many of us feel as though God has stood us up. It may be like God has stood you up in your promises. It may be that things that you've been asking for you haven't seen. Prayers you've been praying you have not seen. The man you've been praying for you have not seen. The woman you've been praying for you have not seen. So you're in this seat. And if you don't be careful, you become bitter because you're saying, God, where are you? You were supposed to come at this time. I'm here in this place but yet nobody in the other seat. And that's when God began to minister to me. If you're writing notes, take this down. Point number one, while you are in this position right now where I am, whereby you are at the place and you have nobody who is in the other seat, write this down. Number one, you have to understand that you are not being ditched. You are being developed. I'm gonna say that again. You have not been ditched. You are being developed. Let me tell you why. Because there are some conversations you need to have with yourself while no one is here. There are some conversations you need to ask yourself, like, where do I actually want to go in life? What do I actually want to accomplish in life? Where do I believe God is taking me? What is my purpose? What is my mandate? What is my calling? What is my assignment? What is God trying to show me through this thing? Where is God trying to take me through this thing? What is this thing called life, and how does my life fit in this? There are some questions you have to actually sit down and just talk to yourself like you're crazy. Like, just... Talk to yourself. God, where are you taking me? What is your mandate for my life? What are you taking me? There's some questions you must ask yourself. So understand this. Number one, that you have not been ditched. You are being developed. Number two, take this in. I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. As you are waiting whereby there is nobody in the other seat, you have to understand this. Don't settle for God's second best because of it impatience. Let me repeat that don't settle for God's second best because of impatience. Many of us sit down and we say, man, God, you you've you've told me you're bringing somebody. It's been it's been forever. I'm I'm waiting. I'm waiting for you to bring somebody. I'm waiting for you to God show me the person you have from your praying You're fasting, still nothing. You're, you're asking God for signs. You see one person, you think it's him. Oh no, nah, it's not him. You're, you're asking God, God, where is the person? What are you showing me? Where is my purpose partner? God is saying this: that in moments like this, do not get impatient as to settle for my second best, for I know the plans I have towards you. And I have somebody who I've designed just for you. I wish I had three people in this building tonight. Don't settle for God's second best. Understand this, that the seat that is in front of you is sacred. Don't do wrong by your destiny partner. Don't do wrong by him. Don't, don't. Don't give up the seat of your destiny partner for somebody else who doesn't deserve that seat. Just because they may look like, feel like, sound like doesn't mean they are wait for God's very best and if that means that you are waiting and waiting and waiting it's better to be married in God's perfect will at 45 than to be married in God's second best for you at 22. I'm trying to tell you something that you need to sit down and allow God to work some things in you and be able to look at the seat not being filled and still have joy on your lips and still have a praise in your mouth and still have peace of heart and still have peace of mind. Can I preach here tonight? I want want to be able to help. I see many times, this is what happens in churches. Many times we go to churches and we're teaching so many things that are not practical that people don't know how to apply it to their everyday life. But I really believe that God has called us to a practicality in terms of teaching tonight and we're going to be able to help you. Are you with me? Somebody say amen in this place. The last point I'm giving you before we move is this. As you are sitting here, and you are waiting and there's nobody in the seat across from you understand this that singleness and i'm going to repeat this i'm going to say it slow singleness is not a curse it's a season okay singleness is not a curse it is a season say that with me i'm going to say singleness is not a curse you say it's a season singleness is not a curse it's what a one more time it's what So if it is a season, there means that there are some things that you must do while you are in that season. There are some things that you have to understand as you are in that season. Every season calls for some things if singleness is a season it also means that what school is also a season there was a time where i was having classes in here i was having psychology 1001 here 8 a.m friday mornings but no longer am i doing that now i'm here i'm preaching here on thursday night why because that was a season a season ends and a season begins but if you don't know how to make investments in the season god has you in you will not be prepared for the next season god's trying to bring you into am i making sense here tonight So so you have to understand the things that God wants to do through you in your singleness and in the season that you find you in. Now, there's a few things that God needs you to do while you're in this season. And one of them is as you are in this season of singleness, if this applies to you, you have to understand that you must pray. You must pray. There's one thing that God is teaching me as I'm teaching you, God is still teaching me that we must pray uh, for God to direct us to the one that he has for us. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about by prayer, the Bible says in Romans 8, 26 to 27, it says, in the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless worldless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So what does that mean? It's a whole bunch of words that basically means this. It means that as the spirit of God is inside of you, as you begin to pray in the spirit, the spirit inside of you, which is the spirit of God, begins to make groans, begins to intercede with things that you don't even know what to pray for. Because it says that in ourselves, we don't know what to pray for. So then the spirit on the inside of us intercedes to direct us to where we must go. So if you're saying, I, I, I'm, I'm single right now, but I don't know how to pray for the one that God has for me. It, the Bible gives us a cheat code. The Bible says pray in the spirit. That's why praying in the spirit is not something that, that, that we have to take for granted. Praying in the spirit is something that we ought to do because as we pray in the spirit the spirit of god himself begins to pray for things that we don't even know what we're praying for so as you do that you could be praying for the future of your family even though you don't even know how you're going to be directed to the one that god has for you it's my prayer in this place tonight that god is going to direct everybody to your destiny partner that's my prayer for you it's my prayer maybe you don't want i'm going to go here it's my prayer that god is going to direct you to your destiny partner And let me pause and say this, that it is one of the most sad or most dangerous things is to be linked to the one that God does not or God did not ordain for you. There will be a time in the relationship. I'm a social worker. I I counsel a lot of married couples, surprisingly, a lot of married couples, uh, a lot of people who are engaged, a lot of people who are in in the married life for five years, 10 years. And, And when they come to see me in my office, many times there's issues that are coming up 10 years down the line, 15 years down the line, because they didn't properly do their due diligence to check things while they were in their courtship phase. So some of the things happen is that it becomes a problem later on if you don't handle it in the courtship phase. So when God is telling you to pray for the one that he has for you, he's trying to say this. I want you to pray so that you don't make the wrong mistake. Because if you choose wrongly, it can mess up your whole destiny and it has to recalculate what God had planned for you. So it's my prayer that God would lead you to his perfect will. He would lead you to his best. And and, and on a night like tonight, God's spirit will begin to minister to you in a way that he will begin to open up your eyes to things that you need to be looking at and close your eyes to things you should not be looking at. That's my prayer for you. Do you believe that? Are you sure you believe that? Amen. Amen. I want to give you three elements and it will be out. Three elements or two elements of a healthy relationship. All right, write this down. Two elements of a healthy relationship. Two elements of a healthy relationship. Every healthy relationship, you know, my parents have been married for almost 30 years. Um, and yeah, it's not for my parents, they've been married for almost 30 years. And uh, I began to ask my dad, I was like, um, Dad, what are elements of a healthy relationship? And he's like, What? You've lived in the house with me. For almost 25 years, you should be telling me you've seen me every day. And I began to think about it, and I'm like, one of the things uh, that makes my, my parents' marriage so successful in my eyes is this, is that uh, their language of relating is, is in the realm of respect. They respect one another. And what I've come to find that when it comes to relationships, uh, when it comes to either getting into relationships or when it comes to, to, to you know, being in relationships, that um, respect is the basis of your, should be the basis of your interactions with one another. Um, I find that my parents, they all the time, they always they always respect each other in the way that they speak to each other, in the way that they relate to each other. It's always out of a place of respect. Um, Someone once told me this a long time ago. They said that men desire respect as women desire security. But I believe that that's true. But another revelation of that is that we all desire respect. Can we be real in this place? We all desire respect. No matter where you're coming from, you want to feel respected. When you feel respected, then you feel loved. Then you feel as though you can truly be yourself. And the second element that I would say is that Um, An element of a healthy relationship should be this, from what I've seen from my parents, is is that their vocabulary um, changed, and I've never seen my parents ever relate to this is mine and this is yours. This is, it's always a relationship of this is ours. And so I began to, you know, dissect this a little bit, and I said, okay, what are you, what does that actually mean? And my dad kind of helped me, and he said, well, basically, between your mother and I, we make so many sacrifices. He said that relationships are about sacrifice uh, it's not about you trying to get your point across but it's about how you can sacrifice to be able to make sure the betterment of the relationship goes forward and that's when um, I began to say that that's exactly what I want I want a healthy relationship that's built upon uh, simply sacrifices now in answering this question of where is your boo I want to help you out tonight is that all right can I help you I gave you some good information can I talk from my heart can I help you out tonight can I try from the best of my ability? Can I Can I help you tonight? I want to make sure that you know that I'm a proper Bible teaching pastor. Now, I want to, I want to talk a little bit. Is that okay? You have about five minutes. I want to talk to you for five minutes. A lot of us are looking for our boo. I want you to understand this, that you're trying to locate the one that is your boo. But let me tell you this, that your boo is somewhere praying that you don't make the wrong decision. Your boo is somewhere praying that you be praying for him or praying for her the first thing you have to understand is that the one that god has for you should be a prayerful one number one should be somebody who is praying that you are praying and not being distracted distraction is the easiest way to get you off of your purpose many of us in this room here tonight have been sent agents of distraction just so that the moment you get distracted, the one God has for you will be released. But it's my prayer in this place, you will not miss God's best for you. Amen. You will not miss the one God has for you. Amen. I was in Ghana one time, a man of God looked at me. He said, <laughs> he said, he said, young boy, there's, <laughs> that's how they talk. He said, young boy, there's oil on your life. I said, oh, praise God, praise God. But there's one area the enemy will tackle you in. And I was thinking three things. You know, anytime, you know, men of God come and they see, by God's grace, guys that are operating, they always tell them three things. Stay away from money, stay away from pride, and stay away from sex. That's the three things they always tell. I'm telling you, they tell anybody, pride, money, sex, PMS, that's, the, that's what they tell you. I'm serious. Pride, money, sex. That's the three things they'll tell you. What that mean? He said, young boy, he said, the enemy will attack. you in marriage i said yes man of god i said so what should i do and he said let me tell you what the enemy will do he said do you know it may not be for you but there's some people in your church and i said oh okay he's a prophet all right i said you must be a prophet you know and he said there's there's even some people in your church that their destiny partners have been tied in some relationships and i said what He said their destiny partners have been tied in some relationships that the enemy is just waiting for them to get frustrated because there's nobody in the seat to make the wrong decision. Then they're gonna release the right person to them. So they're gonna be confused like I'm in love with somebody but yet I know that this is the one that God has for me. And so I began to intercede for you. I said, Jesus, help us all help us do you know how that feels to be in a relationship you, you you're, you're you've, you've fallen in love with somebody that's why the bible never said fall in love it said walk in love it didn't say fall in love it didn't say fall in love He said walk in love walk it's a walk which means you will fall down but you will get up it's a walk <laughs> if you fall in love it means you never have gotten up So how can you grow in love if you've fallen in love? How do you grow in love? How do you grow in love if you've you've fallen in love? You know, falling in love, what it does is it blinds your senses so you can't see properly. Yeah, they have a problem with respect, but because you love them, you just allow it. You know what I'm saying? They have a problem with submission, but because you love them, you allow it. You, You feel me? but it's my prayer that your eyes will open your eyes will open, your eyes will open your eyes will open your your amen is too special, your eyes will open your eyes will open your eyes will open, your eyes will open if it's a problem while you're dating it will be a bigger problem once you're married if you see it, run away from it if you see that it cannot agree with you if there's some things that are not equally yoked it does not go together cut it off right now cut it off right now Cut it off right now, I'm telling you. Cut it off right now. I, was, I once dated a girl, and um, it was, I think, my first year of university here at Carleton. And I had a girl, oh, someone said, wow. Pastor Pastor has feelings? <laughs> what? I so I once dated this girl. Amazing, amazing. I loved her. Well, I liked her. <laughs> Tell the truth. I liked her. She was awesome. Um, it was kind of like under wraps. Nobody really knew what's going on. And she asked me this question one time she said um he said babe would would you be interested in an open relationship now the I couldn't think far you know because the man in me wanted to be like "Yeah, yeah hey man but the committed, the committed person in me the the, the one with the, you know proper proper values—that you know my parents have raised me properly—it's it like you know what I, I, just, I don't think I can do that. Um, I, I don't think I don't think I've been called to, to the to the office of sharing. I don't think that I don't think I don't think I've been called to that office. But I think, <laughs> but I think that you know if we want to be together, it must be exclusive. You know, And that's what I was showing uh, the girl. And that's what I told her. Uh, no wonder why the relationship did not last. It broke up, um, sadly. But I wasn't so sad because what it did, it revealed to me her nature. There were some hidden things that I did not see. That she was overly promiscuous. That entering into a relationship would have meant that on, not on my part, but maybe perhaps on her part, there could have been some extramarital sex. Because if that's what you're thinking while we're together to tell me this. What's going to happen when we get married? You're going to tell me, "Hey, can we see other people but still live in the same house?" What? So there are some hidden things. I'm trying to open up your eyes to see that. There are some hidden things that may not appear on the surface. But once you see them, before you get into something, you have to be able to know if it's something that you can handle, if it's something that you can deal with. I always talk to Pastor Ryan. We always have all these discussions all the time. And we talk about this thing. We talk about having things that are non-negotiables. 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 I've spoken about prayer. Uh, There has to be another non-negotiable. How do they relate to your mother? It's very important. How do they relate to your mother? The way somebody relates to their mother will show the respect that they'll have towards your children. Because if that's the way you relate to somebody who's given birth to the one you're married to, then how will you expect your children to honor you? It's a sow and reap thing. It's, it's a Genesis 8.22 thing. Whatever you sow is what you reap. If you're sowing an evil relationship, you will, you will reap an evil relationship. That's just the way that things go. So number two, how do they relate to your mother? That's one thing. Or, or your parents. Uh, no, whichever one is alive. That's what you want to you locate. Number three, you want to understand this. How well do they fit into your social circle? Very important very very important how well do they fit into your social circle are they are they are they the one that when they show up to the party your friends wish they weren't there or are they the ones that your friends are saying hey man yo is your girl coming is your guy like are they coming because it's a crew thing because if these people have been called to you to help cultivate your purpose, then that means that the one that God has for you wouldn't also, God would also have put, put it in mind to make sure that everything flows well together. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you have to understand that that's the third thing that you have to understand. And the fourth thing that I will say. Is that when it comes to um, locating the one, when it comes to getting into relationships, I've seen this many, many times. Like I said, I counsel a lot of people. I've seen this many, many times. The fourth thing that I will say is you want to be able to check their worship life. I'm telling you. Check their worship life. You want to be able to see how broken they are, not just here, but at home. It's easy in here. But at home when no one's watching. That's where the real person comes out. And fifth, just for bonus, is that you'll truly understand this, that you actually never know somebody until you live with them. So don't think that just because you guys have been dating that you actually know somebody. You don't know somebody until you you actually live with them. Am I telling the truth? Am I telling the truth? They've been married how many months? He had to think about it. (laughs) (laughs) It's true, isn't it? And so that's what we're going to do. It's my prayer for you. Let's be on our feet. I'm going to pray for you. It's my prayer for you tonight. That you you not, you not choose outside of God's will. But you choose the perfect will of God for your life. That's my prayer for you tonight. That's my prayer for you tonight. I did a quick, a quick drive by word tonight. Because I know that we had a lot in our program. Uh, the last week of this month. After our night of worship. The last week. I really want to take uh, ample time. To be able to dive into some spiritual stuff. When it comes to relationships and sex. And I want to show you. Um, some things that God has been opening up my eyes to. I want us to deal with a lot of things. I want us to deal with soul ties and many things in our last, last week together uh, in this series. Um, but tonight, I really just wanted to open up your, your eyes to know there's three things, especially while you are in pursuit of locating, that you have to keep in mind. Know that singleness is not a curse. It's a season. The season that you find yourself in. there's some things you have to do while you're in that season to understand this that just because you know the person may not be in the seat means that you have not been ditched but you're being developed God is in the process of developing your heart he's fixing some things in you that's what he's trying to do and so I want to take a few minutes right now and begin to pray and intercede if you're married I want you to pray for your spouse If you're engaged, I want you to pray for your fiance. If you are not engaged, you are not married, I want you to pray for your future spouses. That's what I want you to do in this room tonight. I want us to join in prayer and faith and begin to pray. You see, like I said earlier on, the last point I was saying was that as we begin to pray in the spirit, our man, natural man, does not know what to pray for. But when we begin to pray in the spirit, the spirit makes groanings unto the father for things that we cannot understand and prays within the perfect will of God the perfect way to pray for your future spouse is to pray in the spirit pray in the spirit It's to pray in the spirit so amazing that our lives are modeled after Adam and Eve and the Bible says that God put Adam to rest and took the bone out, the rib bone out of Adam And created Eve meaning that there would always be a part of Eve a part of Adam in Eve if we take it to the spiritual sense we'll begin to realize this that as we pray in the spirit what God does is that he already locates in the realms of the spirit the one that he has for you because they carry your spiritual DNA there is a way that you can begin to pray and bring into existence you think you're here on your own you're not on your own you have a rib in that seat And it's your prayer to pray forth that into existence. Let's take a few minutes to begin to pray for your spouse. Let me tell you something that after giving your life to Christ, your spouse is the second most important decision you'll have to make in your life. Let's begin to pray right now. If you're married, pray for your spouse. If they're here, hold their hands. If you're engaged, pray for your fiance. If you are looking, pray for the one that God is gonna bring. Open up your mouths, pray in the spirit if you can. Pray in the spirit. If you you knew how important this was. If you knew how important this was. Thank you for tuning in to the Campus Rush Podcast. If you enjoyed this message and want to partner with us, visit us at www.campusrush.org to become a global partner or to partner with us in giving.